Hi, Bruno Jr. here. Our podcast, Busting Addiction and Smiths, is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com. SafeHouse believes that traditional treatments fall short of the needs of clients who face the modern problems of addiction. Modern problems need modern solutions. Multiple addictions, multiple relapses, multiple triggers, and cheaper and more powerful street drugs set up unprecedented challenges facing treatment centers. What is needed is a more sophisticated approach, a better way forward. There are three reasons to choose our progressive modern treatment program. One, a more sophisticated intake process. Two, technology proven to enhance recovery. And three, the most robust aftercare program in our sector. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com. Hi, I'm Bruno Jr., and I want to share with you my journey of 27 years, but I'll start this part of my journey with my first attempt at uh, sobriety in July of 1992 when um, I'm sitting in my office at a ad agency in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which was a great job, by the way, one of the best uh, in the city of its type. And the CFO, Larry, and my boss came up to me and said, hey, you have time for a cup of coffee across the street? And I'm thinking to myself, uh-oh, because if they wanted to meet with me or any of them, they'd meet right there in the office. So there was something to walking across the street to the diner and sitting down and, quote, having a cup of coffee. So coffee comes to chat. Um, we'd like, uh, we'd like to answer, ask, ask you a question. Do you think you're drinking too much? So I'm thinking in the back of my head, well, all right, I can't say no and deny it because they know it, and I can't say yes too strongly because then I might get fired for being a drunk. And I said, yeah, it's possible I'm drinking too much. So that was kind of a slippery answer. And they said, well, I'll tell you what, why don't you get a hold of we of the EAP, the Employee Assistance Program, and they'll connect you to somebody who can help. So I did that, kept working. The storm was over for a while, and I went to see a very lovely, talented, and competent psychiatrist lady. So we started talking, and I thought, okay, I think I'm going to quit drinking. So I decided to quit drinking, and I went to a few AA meetings, but I thought it was okay to smoke pot. (laughs) Every Friday, I had a meeting with a psychiatrist, and I started drinking after that during uh, the holidays. So let's say that I met my psychiatrist in November or December. I started drinking around then, and I went to see her every Friday. And every Friday, I would bring her a new symptom of insanity, and it was befuddling her. One Friday, it was serious depression. The next Friday, it was rage. The next Friday, it was anxiety. The next Friday, it was obsessive-compulsive disorder, which was huge and ever-present. I was obsessed over um, a woman that I had fallen in lust with. She was married, so there was a lot of sneakiness and lying going on. And one day she said, I'm going to prescribe something to relieve your OCD. I think that's a major problem for you. All right, fine. So I don't know if it was Xanax or whatever it was. So I got the prescription filled, and let's say I took it on a Wednesday, and then I had two days of the meds or three days. I went to see her on Friday again. And she says to me, well, how are the meds doing? Hopefully. I said, I think they're terrible. I think my head's going to explode. They're not only not helping, it's making things really worse. 
She says, you're not drinking, are you? I said, of course I'm drinking. You know what? That was the first time in six months, you know, 20 some odd visits that I told her what I was really doing. And so what was I really doing? I, and and so what I was really doing was I was still working. That was before they fired me. And at 5.01, and I didn't drink during the day because I was afraid I'd never make it back. I'd smell the booze or whatever. So I was at least clever enough for that part. 5.01, I walk catty corner, cross corner, across the street, and have two vodka doubles at the bar. I'd walk across the street, get into my truck, drive 15 minutes north along the lake toward my apartment in Shorewood, Wisconsin. On the way there, I'd stop at the Village Tavern and have, uh, it's called the Village Tavern, and, it's, and I had two more vodka doubles. All right, so now I got four drinks in me. And the next door is a liquor store, and I'd buy a bottle of wine, and if I was short on vodka, I'd buy some of that too. A few blocks later, I'm parked, you know, by my apartment, and I had a first floor in a duplex. It was perfect, you know, perfectly nice apartment. I could still afford it. Eleven minutes from work, uh, and I would go home. I would make dinner, and I hardly ever ate out because I want to be at home drinking a bottle of wine, taking some nips of vodka, and smoking some dope. And then by the time I was done, around midnight or one, I'm so screwed up. My head is spinning. I have to take codeine pills to knock myself out to go to sleep. Now, I got the codeine for next to nothing because I'm from Ontario and in Ontario, Canada, where my brother and my mom live. You could go to the drugstore and just go up there, and if you're 18 years or older, ask for a bottle of CCCs, which is caffeine, codeine, and something else. And you could get a bottle of 250 pills for about $12, something like that. So I would stock up on codeine and drive back and had all the codeine I wanted. And, if, and I usually only used it, uh, like this is selective drug use, drug management, only used it basically to, to go to sleep. I also used it before a hockey game so that if I got hit, I wouldn't feel it too, mu too much. I remember one time I was so high, I was the sixth man on the ice, which is like a cardinal sin. And they booted me off the ice and then off the team, suspended me off the team for a few games. <laughs> So I was mortified. You asshole! You know, stuff like that. As if hockey players play by the rules. So shortly after that incident where I admitted what I was doing, I, uh, she said to me, you know what, you better check yourself in before you check yourself out. She could see that I was circling the drain. I didn't see it, but she was afraid for me, one way or another. Insanity... Uh, suicide maybe, although I was never overtly suicidal. I never expressed, nor did I have that intent. Hardly ever, ever, I would say ever. Though it was self-destructive. That same week I got fired. So up until that point in time, if, if you, Tony, had come to me and said, I think you're overdoing it, do you think you have a problem, blah, blah, blah. Because I would, I would show problems in different ways. I would call you at 9.30 at night on a Sunday and just blather, you know, drunken. I mean, that's pretty obvious what the hell was going on. And even though my boss was protective, um, he's a good guy, I, um, I ripped into him, I hurt him. And so I'm sitting in my office. Uh, this was the Friday I had the meeting on, on Wednesday. Larry, the CFO, and Steve, the CEO, came into my office. Now there's a, a, a protocol for when you're going to hire a guy, fire a guy. And that is, you go into his office, you don't have him come to yours because you might not leave. So that way, 
They go into my office, they do their thing, and they can leave. So uh, Larry sits down, Steve is standing, and he says, you know, I think it's time that we party company. And I said, uh, I think I understand. And I understood it because they kept me on for a year longer than they really should have. They were actually very nice to me. I said, well, how much time do I have? I said, well, you know, if you could, if you could be out of here by, by Thursday or Friday. I said, well, I'll be out of here tomorrow. I'll just pack my stuff. There's not a lot to, to go on. I had the presence of mind uh, before I left to, uh, to go to Steve and say, I have a question for you, a request. He said, sure. I said, I brought this little business into the, into the agency. It's very small. And it's called Salon Systems. And it was uh, run by a friend of my girlfriend. And I had done some marketing work for them. I did some database work for them, which actually was a new model that kind of cracked the code in the space. And I presented the approach to the national uh, convention of Aveda salon owners, concept salon owners, there were about 500 in the audience. And Horst Reckelbacher, who owned uh, Aveda at the time and later sold it to Revlon, he has since passed away. Melissa Shaban, as VP of Marketing, sponsored me and thought I had a good thing. So when she saw what was I was doing for that little company, she said, can you do it nationwide? I said, yeah, it's just a decimal point. It's the same principle. I just, you know, the math is the same. I don't have to explain it, but the model's really simple. I used two different databases, and I put them together, and I was able to show zip code by zip code what the potential sales of their soft goods would be by type by size of salon as all that data is available. It's just simple math. It's stuff that, you know, is high school level for us in our business. We do stuff that's a lot more complex than that. I was able to do it. I hired a guy to Moonlight for me who worked for Blue Cross Blue Shield as a data specialist. And, and back in the day, they were running on supercomputers, you know, big IBMs, and they run all this data. I said, Rex, I said, geez, I've got all this data. It's going to take me forever. He says, I can do it in about a half an hour. <laughs> I said, well, 25 bucks an hour I paid him. He was delivering all this data analysis for me. It's amazing, you know. So, so go, going forward, I said to him, I said, Steve, can I have that business back for myself because I need, you know, I need, I need revenue. He said, well, we're going to give you a severance. They gave me a really good severance. Oh, I've only been there three years. They were very kind, and he gave me that business back, and then I was able to build that model I was just talking about. So they were very good, but um, I was out in the street, and I entered treatment uh, the following week. Our podcast is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com, a modern approach to recovery. To learn more, visit us at SafeHouseRehab.com.